All right. What is up? Thanks all for being here. Elliot, thank you so much for joining us here today. Hey, you bet. Hey, man. So, Elliot, uh, you know, give the audience a, a little bit of a taste here. Who are you? Uh, what do you do in the hobby? What's your hobby journey? Yeah. Uh, first of all, Dakota, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, great to be on um, and connect and uh, just to meet other people in the space. So, um, I, so just a background about me and the hobby. I've been back in the game for since May of last year. Surprise, surprise. Um, prior to that, I, uh, I definitely um, collected in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, so I was born in, in 83. So okay. you know, I, I remember uh, ripping like 89, 90 tops, Don Russ, stuff like that. Um, being from Dallas, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. So I was a big, um, you know, still am a big Cowboys fan. Texas Rangers was my, uh, that was really the main team that I followed as a kid. Um, it's a big baseball fan. The Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, in the early nineties, we, uh, the, the city got the, you know, the Minnesota North stars moved down, uh, relocated and became the Dallas stars. So, uh, roller hockey was a big thing, um, in my neck of the woods. Uh, so I naturally then became a really big hockey fan, a big Dallas stars fan. Mm. So, um, but yeah. And then like most people, um, I continued collecting until I, it wasn't cool in middle school, I think. <laughs> so, uh, yep. uh, yeah. And, you know, I still held on to all my stuff. Uh, and then it you know, just kind of forgot about it when I went off to high school, college and all that. Um, yeah, a couple of years ago, I, uh, well, it was actually eight years ago. I moved, um, to Las Vegas. So been here ever since. Um, and then of course with the card boom, uh, during the COVID shutdown, um, I just got back into it and haven't looked back ever since. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So predominantly I collect, uh, um, and I, I flip a little bit, but I would say lately it's been mostly to, to fund my personal collection. Um, but I do, I, I do enjoy some of the speculation plays too. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've got like many of y'all that are probably watching. I have, I, I don't know, over a hundred cards waiting in the queue at PSA. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> we'll back. So, um, so yeah, it's been an interesting ride. Um, I, uh, let's see last year. So even though I'm a, mainly a hockey card collector, uh, I decided to, I, I didn't want to miss out on the, the, you know, the buzz for basketball. So um, I dove into that and not really knowing a whole lot um, and just kind of went from there. Um, you bought a lot of Tyler Hero, I'm sure. Actually, yeah. And so it's, it's funny about this because <laughs> I, I <laughs> shots fired at flipping Steve on that one. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, I have a lot of hero, but not with me. It's at, it's at PSA. Um, and so at first I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be fire. And then, you know, about six months ago, I was kind of like regretting sending all of that. And then now it's not looking so bad. So, um, by the time you get it back, he'll have been to too many strip clubs and his car prices <laughs> will tank. Don't worry. Well, you know, I went big on Hero, Zion and Ja Morant, and I'm not feeling so bad about Ja. Zion, he kind of looks, uh. He looks like the Michelin Michelin tire guy. <laughs> I saw that picture of him. Uh, there's a video of him warming up before a game. Yeah. Oh, good God. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I, so many people, I assume a lot of this shit is Photoshopped. Obviously not the video, but like, I don't know, man. They Michelin tire man is not far from the truth. You know, yeah. from, from what I'm seeing in photos. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. It's nuts. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a, a good ride for me. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I would say that, um, my biggest takeaway has always been to stick, stick with what you know. Um, and it's okay to learn stuff and, 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 and to get into new things also, but, um, far and above what I've been most satisfied and most successful with, um, whether that's just from, you know, uh, flipping up into better cards that I would want to keep for myself. Um, it's just, it's been with hockey hands down. Um, so uh, I've made some gambles in basketball. Uh, and, and when I say that is, I, I mean, I was buying high when it was the all time high. And I look back on it now, it's just like, Oh man. But um, 
you know, because there's some good deals to be had right now. So I'm, 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 I've been buying. Yeah, assuming the market comes back strong, you know, there's some good deals right now. If this is just the start of uh, the market downtrend. Yeah, yeah. And again, it depends on on what it is. So, um, so I, I I know that like things in hockey haven't been. You can't like if you're talking mark if you're talking market, you can't you basically have a parallel with what's been going on with um, uh, uh, basketball, basketball versus hockey. You know, as far as like a market cycle. Um, I think there's a lot of room for hockey. Um, and, um, you know, I'm actually, I was pretty reassured and happy to hear that um, Upper Deck and the NHL extended um, their relationship. Yeah, yeah. There was some uncertainty um, as like, you know, oh, they're going to go the Fanatics way too or what the hell's going to happen. So, um, so yeah, that's just uh, kind of a little bit about me. Um, I... I, I have a channel on YouTube. I don't pump out stuff. I have like a handful of videos. Um, I have some, you know, like I think seven or eight bulk submissions that are still due back soon. Um, PSA. So uh, yeah. So I think it's a little over I think it's like 150, 160 cards or so. Um, and, and yeah, so. Uh, let's uh, yeah. Let's talk about you. You said mentioned that, you know, you got into it, you try to start flipping and you've kind of, you know, weaned off that a little bit. And you've said you've still do some speculation, which is a different word. And I mm -hmm. think you use a different word for a reason. So who are some guys that you're speculating on or uh, or maybe sports or, you know, how, how do you find guys that you're speculating on? Yeah. So. So, first of all, there's there, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. And then the other thing I've learned is uh, just from experience is there is something to be said about being being first to market. Um, yep. and if you're, if you're, uh, and then, you know, you know, you need to know what you're, you're really looking at. So with, so like for me, I'll give you some contrast with basketball. I just kind of went with the herd and I was like, Oh, everybody's talking about Zion and jaw and, and Tyler hero and Tyler hero. And I, you know, I was way too late in for, for, you know, like Luca and Trey. Right. So if I just was looking at basketball in June of last year, um, I was able to, to get some retail mosaic, like everybody. Um, and it was actually at a, at a reasonable price point at that point. Um, yeah. uh, it really started getting out of control price wise for, you know, like those blaster boxes and hanger boxes and stuff in September, October, I think is when it got really nuts. Um, and yeah. And so I just kind of went with what everybody else was saying was this is who you need to look for. Um, I hadn't watched a whole lot of basketball at that time. Um, on the flip side though, I was really, you know, locked into what's, what's, what's going on in hockey that year. So, um, you know, the, I, this, this one particular player has been, uh, had a, a lot of hype around him, which that's also true in any sport. Anybody that has a lot of hype around them, they'll, they'll you know, you'll get um, if you're early to the game, you can still do well. But, you know, of course, then the player has to perform. So um, in in hockey, there's a few players that that um, from the 1920 draft class that um, that I was really into, um, namely Adam Fox. Uh, I'm not sure if you know who he is, but he nope. was, might as well be speaking French. Yeah. Norris division or the uh, Norris trophy winner last year. Um, that's he's basically one of the best defensemen, um, best young defensemen, we'll put it that way in the game. Um, and then there's, and then there's, you got your top tier forwards, right? Cause goals matter, points matter, you know, getting goals and assists. Is hockey like the other sports where offense is what it's all about from a hobby perspective? It is, but, um, there, there is a lot of love for goalies and, um, and then if you have a if you have an offensive defenseman who can score now and the way it works in hockey is the defenseman rack up their points via assists mostly you know they'll find the open winger or centerman who will score but you get an assist that way um and all those points rack up over the season and defensemen their shifts are a lot longer they play um they a lot. They have a lot more ice time during the game than than like a, a winger would. 
Um, so, uh, there's, so yeah, that's, so Adam Fox is my main one. He's a defenseman though. Um, you've probably heard of Kale McCarr. Um, you overestimate what I know about hockey. Let me tell you right now, unless you say Crosby or uh, McDavid or Ovechkin or something like that. Ovechkin was the other one. I don't know who McDavid is. Wow. I don't, there's no, there's no hockey in Houston, man. I don't know hockey. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe uh, Houston might get a franchise via Arizona. It's possible. Oh, is that a thing? When I was growing up, we had uh, the Houston Arrows, which let me tell you right now, one of the coolest mascots in the game, the freaking beat up airplane was freaking awesome. I did like that logo. Yeah. Um, They used to play at the summit. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. They played in the summit and I, I never went to a game, but everyone that I know that went to a game said it's like the best experience ever. Yeah. I actually did go to a few arrows games because I had some family um, uh, in Houston. In San Antonio, we go down there pretty often from Dallas. But sure. Uh, one thing I remember, I actually remember I got to see a Rockets game at the Summit way back when. Um, and then an Arrows game. And what's the thing about the Arrows, and I would actually randomly see them on TV for sometimes in Dallas too. Uh, their rink was god awful. Um, it, I don't know, the guys at the, that were running the rink at that stadium, like the ice was just, it was discolored. It was, it just, it's Ain't nobody in Houston know nothing about no ice. Uh, this is back in the early nineties. You know, so, twice yeah. in fifty years, maybe. I mean, we don't know nothing about no ice. Yeah, and then be, uh, before the Dallas Stars came, to, you know, we we got the franchise in Dallas. We had a minor league team called the Dallas Freeze, and they played at the Fair Park. Uh, I'm you're, you, I'm sure you're familiar with the Cotton Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, so you know that blue barn that's kind of off to the side where they yeah. have the cows at. That's where they would play the hockey games at so they played in a barn that's interesting and it smelled like manure yeah so what you're telling me is houston knows more about ice than dallas <laughs> it's changed a lot though and that's basically almost 20 years ago um so we come a long way i think there's still a lot of growth um you know to be had and um just and not just the card space but in the sport overall um you probably notice that there's more hockey on tv um if you're flipping around uh you know, on TNT or ESPN. So for me being a hockey guy, that's, 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 uh, um, you know, I like seeing that because I love, I will say I was watching sports center the other day because Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm 80 or something. Mm -hmm. And I saw that they did like a hockey highlight for more than 30 seconds. And I was like, Whoa, (laughs) I must be catching on because back in the day, hockey got no time on sports center. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, the, the networks are putting a lot of money into it too. Um, so yeah, there's just so much money in live sports, you know, so all that right. stuff. I mean, even wrestling, Fox Sports talks about the WWE now because there's so much money in it. You know? Yeah. Right. And, well, and it's also the gambling, too. Um, you know, let's just be honest. So, like, next year, I read this release today. So, um, it always kind of, I was always, it always kind of bothered me that, um, and we're going to talk about, we're talk, I'm talking about advertisements on, like, jerseys and stuff like that. Um, it kind of yeah. bothered me when the NBA went that route. Um, and then during the pandemic, the NHL decided, oh, well, because we're not getting ticket revenues, we're going to start putting ad stickers on the helmets. So I'm like, okay, well, the jerseys are coming next. And sure enough, next year, the uniforms are going to uh, have ads on them. I don't know how far they're going to go with it, but okay. I do know that um, there's approved like um, gaming. Uh, so depending on what, like city the team is in if the state ha- uh, approves um, online betting, which I'm not sure how many states it is. Um, I mean, I live in Nevada, so I don't really pay attention. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're going to have like bet MGM on, you know, Golden yeah. Jersey, for example, or well, um, DraftKings or something. I don't hate the way that, I mean, like, I don't like, I'm not a big fan of like having commercials on the jerseys or whatever, but um, I, I don't hate the way that the NBA did it. I think they did it pretty tastefully. Uh, they do it on color, you know, because if you see a soccer jersey, it's like it's a freaking, you know, advertisement. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But in the NBA, you know, they do a little thing right here on the collar. It yeah. has to be on color, and the right. and the, the the business has to be from the city, which has, I think yeah. is pretty cool. It, so, yep. Um, well, if you want to see something crazy, just Google uh, like any European hockey. You know, just put you know, Swede, Swedish hockey league and click yeah. on images. And it, I mean, the ice everywhere, the, every part of the uniform, it's a, 
freaking billboard is, is uh <laughs> mm, i have to check it out i yeah. mean some of the nba teams it's even like i think it even adds to the jersey a little bit like the Cavs with the the good year or whatever the, yeah, yeah the that's like, true i the one that actually comes to mind for me is even uh is for oklahoma city they have that loves and i have oh, yeah. family in kansas so i remember just driving through oklahoma yeah up and down and the, we'd always stop at loves <laughs> yeah yeah you're right like yeah when, once you said it, I'm like, yeah, I do actually like seeing the loves on their jerseys. Yeah, like, that's I know true. Loves, you know, so like they did a good job with it. It's pretty tasteful. Yeah. All right. So, you, I mean, you're buying hockey. You said you're buying a lot for the PC. I guess you're selling a lot of stuff, taking the cash and, and buying for PC. What are you looking for in PC? And it, it can be specific players or specific types of cards. You know, what are you looking for right now? Yeah, big, uh, for for me, um, one thing I really like about, uh, about Upper Deck um, – certain products is that they have there's they do put a lot of time into having uh the player sign on card hard or hard signed i guess is what the phrase is i'm a bit i personally just love hard uh on card autos um i i remember i pulled probably like six or seven sticker autos from mosaic basketball so that'll kind of give you a hint how much mosaic yeah been. quite a bit or you got super lucky one hell of a blaster. No, I kept getting uh I got Chuma Okiki twice and then I got some dude from the bullet or the bullets, the wizards. But um I forget the white dude, Addy? No, he had like a really sh- ish Smith. That's what it was. I got oh, like Smith. Three, oh, not even a, oh my goodness. Yeah, Oof. no. I got three ish Smiths, two Chuma Okiki. And then Oh my gosh. Yeah, and then like two one-offs but i they, none of nothing of note but it's interesting because i actually did i want to say i did see an old neo video where he also had the same thing where he would run into uh getting like duplicate autos and he thinks that it had something to do with the region that the that the retail was in um that the collation or something was i, I think there was something to it because i was like yeah no shit i got like this so how you can get three of the same anyway um so yeah i'm just not a big fan of sticker autos personally um i really like uh uh on card patch auto so uh in hockey the end all be all has got to be the cup rpa uh, it like upper deck the cup is i don't know it's the top of the line it's the if you're looking for like who is you know connor mcdavid's the rookie card, the end all be all, the holy grail, it would be his RPA out of 99 from the cup. Okay. So that's like the national treasures then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, you know, Crosby has one that's just insane. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've got one right here. Just this one that I recently picked up, but you won't know who he is, but it's, uh, this is a, so out of SP Authentic. This is Philip Zadina. It's a future watch um, out of 100. Oh, I love Philip Zadina. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, so I really like those. Um, uh, and then also for me, and I actually did have a, this is, this is again, this is my opinion. So I'm not I'm like the authority on it or anything. I did a video about uh, where I was differentiating, you know, navigating the hockey card space versus um you know basketball for example um in hockey there are a lot of products um not nearly this amount of different sets as uh, they're all they're all upper deck right yeah yeah they are uh, i mean leaf has one but the, you know they don't have oh, like yeah okay so similar to basketball football but you know there's one manufacturer and then you've got for, some crazy for stuff sure yeah and that. then you have uh you have you know what a set called you know out of their flagship it's called the Young Guns. So this is this is my favorite Young Guns that I have. So that's Adam Fox, PSA ten. So this is their the Young Guns is their rookie card. You know they they don't have the you know, um, uh, I mean they have there's other sets for sure. There's like you know the cheap the the cheaper sets, the more affordable ones. Uh, You're saying the Young Guns is, is their flagship rookie. I mean it's like yeah, the prism, sure. yeah, it's exactly. Like the tops or tops chrome, you know whatever. Exactly. Is Young Guns is that a base set, or if you know if you looked it up in a Beckett, would it be an insert? Uh, no, no, no. It is a it is a set. 
Um, so, okay. so for, so in, in upper deck you got, you have until last year, there was, there was two series that would come out. Series one would come out right before the season started and season two or series two would come out um, like shortly after the season started um, it, for the previous year's rookies. And then, you know, there'd be uh, 50, well, I want to say 50 rookies per each uh, series. Okay. Um, so yeah, those they would come in their flagship, both in hobby and, and retail. Do they do, uh, do they do a lot of parallels like you see with tops or prism? So yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, there are parallels, uh, but the parallels are only um, you can only find them in um, in hobby. And then until recently, and then they they have uh, this thing on Upper Deck called EPAC, which I'm not personally a fan of, but uh, you can basically collect or trade um, a certain quantity of their base uh, young guns, and then you know Upper Deck will create a, like a that's how you can like level up to the next, you know, like a, a silver. They so would call like, it. yeah. So this is like, Hey, I got 15 of this guy's young guns. Now send me like, I'm going to send you these 15. You send me the better version. Right. But you can only do it on the, within the EPAC platform. So you can't send them raw, actual cards. You have to, um, you know, buy and trade and stuff on, on that platform. But they are physical cards you're buying and trade. I mean, I understand it's digital, but like you're doing it online, but it is, there is a physical card that you're buying. They're eventually, yeah, they yeah. you can have them send it to you. A lot of people, the way they get out in the in the in the ecosystem is people have them sent to ComC because EPAC and ComC have a relationship. You can just send it directly there, and then people were, you know, I like that man. Right. Yeah. You're signing against it, but I dig it. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, so what I what I don't like about basketball personally. So for, let me give you an example. Last year when I pulled, I I. I don't know, it's here somewhere. I've got a Zion reactive orange that I expressed to PSA. I got a 10 on it. I just thought it was like, I was like, oh my God, this is the best Zion card I'm ever going to pull in my life, you know? And and I didn't buy any other sets other than Mosaic. And that thing is like, you know, going for 150 bucks now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, it's, just, it's just nutty. But if I would have sold it at the time, I don't know several hundred dollars i think a year ago <laughs> fun story about that zion every cheeseburger he eats it goes down 25 cents it'll be a dollar it'll be 110 oh, bucks shortly. but yeah what I, what I mean to say dakota with the with basketball is that um as a newer person in the space it was just like you would look up oh man there's like 50 freaking parallels you know mm -hmm. and that's one thing that personally i i know there's other people out there that might want to collect every single kind of one they can or something complete the rainbow so to speak that's not for me. Um, and it's also just, it, it's confusing for someone that is trying to, that's new to the space and trying what? to figure out what. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Just to, um, you know, there's the, I, I mean, I'm just pulling things up from, that I can remember from basketball from last year that I was like, okay, wait a second. Prism. Uh, then it was select. And then, you know, which one is better. And, and then, I was thinking it was select, maybe, and then they blew the hell out of select, yeah, they killed this select. Year, and like yeah. nobody gives a flying, sh you know what about select anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of pile of select cards that I'd accumulated. And I'm like, eh, you know. So I would say, uh, just from a uh, just a personal, you know, outlook, just on your collecting side, it's just to stick with what you know, and it's fine to. Uh, explore new horizons, I guess, so to speak, but, but, um, don't go, don't go overboard. Um, thinking that, you know, you're going to make a mint out of it or whatever. Yeah. But. I know a lot of people think that, and just to your thing about parallels and stuff, and there being too many, you know, that only happened recently. Like that only happened with the explosion. Like since you came in, Yeah. Because even if you look at 2017 prism, you know, you're looking at maybe there's maybe a total of like 15 parallels, maybe. Like you could reasonably collect a rainbow. Obviously, the one of one you may not be able to get or whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't even know if there was fifteen. I feel like maybe there was ten. Sorry about that. And then now you're talking about optic and, and select, and and now you look at every product. It's got thirty five plus parallel. I mean, they said select right. a thirty seven one of ones by you know per car. I'm like, that's insane. It's nuts. You know, it's a, a rainbow is impossible. And I, I mean, I guess collect my my collecting advice out there to be. I mean, I've I've talked about it plenty. 
you know, buy one card of, you know, you, you got a player you want to, that you want to collect, you know, if he's not your main guy, just buy one card of him and just be happy with that card for him because it's just so easy to go down this rabbit hole of, Oh, I want to collect Mahomes. You know, he's not my main PC guy, but I want to collect him. And then you just, you, you blink and you spend $400 on a bunch of shit cards, you know, and I mean, it's just, yeah. like, it was a waste of my time. I should have bought one $400 card. Yeah, I would, I would definitely, um, I, I don't have any regrets. Uh, I, my main uh, rule of thumb was just to, you know, stick with the budget, stick within your budget. And, yeah. um, and so for me, it's just been, it, it was a, definitely I got back in because it was something to do and something to occupy my time with uh, during the pandemic. Sure. Um, I never thought like ahead, like, oh, uh, you know, am I going to get bored of this later? And to be honest, I haven't. Um, I, I really enjoy it. I'm glad that I rediscovered, um, you know, the the joy uh, and, just, you know, just personal satisfaction I get from it. So it's, I mean, that's what makes it a hobby, right? Um, but, you know, yeah, the, the financial side of it, of course, is that there's things that uh, maybe that you don't really care to, to hold on to that someone else values and you can sell it and then therefore you can justify another purchase, something like that. I really do like, um, you know, just the a piece of advice that you, if you want to, um, you know, you buy something, you sell something, you know, once you get to a certain point, right. Yeah. Um, and of course, if you want to keep pouring money into it, that's, that's, it's up to you if that's what you want to do. Um, uh, I'm definitely at the point where I've put in a lot over the last, you know, year. And um, I just think that, um, you know, even with hockey, they're, they they have noticed, obviously, uh, the explosion over the last year. So they're, they've been kind of pumping out some more watered down products uh, or just the, the products that I like a lot. They, they, they keep watering them down um, year over year. And, of course, the price, while it's still low comparatively to basketball for, for, for hobby stuff, it, you know, it is easily double of what it was a year ago. I'm actually going to push back a little bit on this whole idea of sell, you know, if you want to buy something, sell something. It's something I actually, I've just been thinking about in mm -hmm. recently. So I'm going to bamboozle you here and talk about it. Sure. But, yeah, no problem. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this and I was like, what if you just came in new, right? You have nothing. Obviously you have to put money in, right? To, yeah, to yeah. buy cards. You can't sell something. And then, so the question is, at what point do you get to where you're like, oh, I want to buy this card. So I need to sell something in order to buy it. Is it $1,000 in inventory, 10,000, 20,000? And I'm not, I mean, it's a rhetorical question, yeah. but I was thinking about it and I was just like, I think that really promotes this idea of you have to be making money on cards to enjoy this hobby or to do it properly or whatever. And I just disagree with that. I mean, you can put money into cards and it's fine. I mean, as long as you know, that's what you're doing and it's maybe less investment than people think. I just, I guess more and more I get um, concerned about promoting this whole flipping mentality and this whole, this is a stock and it's an investment. I mean, I get, yeah. The reason I started the channel was because I disagree with that idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm pushing back. No, I, I, I get now. what you're. I get what you're saying. Um, I will kind of counter that with, and if I didn't make, I, I didn't make it clear. I also like your take because I know the buy something, sell something kind of came from. I know I've heard Neo say it a few times and others. Your take, I also uh, have somewhat begrudgingly had to embrace lately is that it's okay to take a loss. It's okay mm -hmm. to take a loss on some things, right? So, yep. cause you, if you want to, I mean, this is, or option three to would also be like, okay, we'll just buy something and pay out of pocket. Right. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, if you think, for example, that the sink is just going to continue or the ship is going to continue sinking on Zion. Right. Uh, I could say, well, maybe I'll just, I'll let go of him. So then I can, you know, use 150 bucks to put it towards right. something else, right? Um, instead of just clutching it and and being not not being sure if you're, you know, if you're a fan, uh, if you collect that player or whoever it is, that's one thing. Um, but the idea, right? When when I when I jumped into to, to uh, mosaic, for example, right? It was because, and maybe the, I don't know. I don't think it makes me a bad person, but whatever. It was because I was like, okay, I think there's an opportunity here to then I can really like, you know, blow up my PC and hockey, 
you know. No, that doesn't make you a bad person. I mean, that's what I that's what everyone wants to do is you make yeah. a lot of money in cards. So you, well, I don't know that everyone wants to do this, but certainly what I want to do. I want to make a lot of money in cards so I can have a lot of cool cards, you know. Right, right. But I guess more and more I'm cognizant of like I don't really want to promote that. I mean, like I look, I just I spend money on cards and I'm okay with it. And yeah, I mean, now I just have so much inventory that I can flip stuff. Yeah. Uh, or, but it's really just exchange. You know, the more I look at it, it's really just exchanging. And then you're probably losing out on either taxes or fees or somewhere, you know, and now yeah. I'm like, eh, you know, I don't. but, um, as far as the flipping thing goes, like I, you know, certainly like if you, if you're sitting on a stack of cards, that's your inventory and you want to buy a card and you say, Hey, I want to move out of some cards to buy this card. Like, obviously that's okay. I just, you, I think you hit it nail on the head when you talked about the Zion, it's like, you're looking at the broader landscape and saying, okay, this is Zion. Uh, I don't really feel good about this card and its long-term health or yeah. Zion's long-term health. So I'm going to move off the card, take the loss and, you know, buy the next thing. But if you had like a, a guy like I like to talk about is Russell Wilson, you know, yeah. you, you don't really, and for me, I'm holding a lot of Russell Wilson right now and I'm not going to sell it. Like he's, yeah, he's low, but I think this is an absurdly great, you know, buying opportunity for Russell Wilson. I don't want to be selling now, even if I want another card, I would look for something else. to move. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I, all I have, all I can really say is it, it, from my perspective for it, for anybody, if there's other, I'm sure there's other people out there like me that got into basketball, not really knowing what you're doing. Um, it, I mean, it's okay to hold too. It, it yeah, is. Sure. Uh, I mean, they're your cards, right? So I mean, it's your yep. inventory. You do whatever you want to do with it. Um, I think though, that there's a lot of people See, I, I, luckily for me, I didn't buy a whole lot of graded. What I did was I bought raw and I'm grading. And so most of it, I don't even have back in my hands yet. Um, but I feel for the people, uh, you know, that, I, you know, I have to imagine there's a lot of, a lot of younger people out there that, you know, bought a ton of stuff um, at a really high price and it's just tanking. And, you know, I th feel like maybe that's why I, we continue to see this down downward trend on uh, mm -hmm. pressure on prices too, is because there's a lot of people that, you know, Oh, well, I'm just going to hold into the season. We'll see what happens. You know, it's, it spiked up last year. I hope it does the same, even though signs are pointing that it's not. And um, that we're going to, you know, end up having a flood on certain things, um, particularly uh, lower cost retail. Um, so, that's all. I just want to, you know, I always just say uh, uh, to be careful um, and, and budget. I mean, and otherwise have fun, do whatever you want to do to you, to you, you know, and yep. Yep. that's what yep. it's all about. I do have, I want to say too, before, uh, before it escapes my mind, I saw your video about the Dallas show pickups. Yeah. I really think that was a cool card, that Wizard of Oz thing. That Wizard of Oz? Yeah. I'll pull it up just in case. I got it right over here, man. Yeah, dude, it was so crazy because I this was the first card I saw at the show, and I was like, I got to take this card. It's so cool. Yeah. 75 bucks and an eight from 1940. And then I had dealer after dealer ask me to try to buy this card, and I was just like, nah, I don't want to sell this card. You know, I mean, one guy was really hot for it, but I was just like, nah, I'm not selling this Yeah, card. so what's your, what's your play with that? Well, you know, my mom, like one of her favorite movies is Wizard of Oz. And yeah. so like I saw this and thought of her and it's 1940, which I think is, you know, anything, you know, 1940 is not technically pre-war, but, you know, anything back then I, I'm pretty, a pretty big fan of. And I just think I'm just going to hold on to it. I think I just like yeah. it and I want to hold it. You know, I have no yeah, intention of cool. selling it. That's awesome. It's funny though, when, uh, like you said, as soon as someone sees something that... <laughs> You got there like all of your nuts about it. Yeah, right? dude, it was crazy. Dude, this one dude would not leave me alone about it. And I'm like, I really don't want to sell it. He offered me a Joe Montana autograph for it, a Leaf Auto. Um, but I was like, nah, you know, Leaf makes a lot of those. Joe Montana's still kicking, so I'll get a I'll get another chance on those. I don't know if I'll get another chance on one of these things. Yeah. So so I know that you've talked about uh that you like patch auto cards is pretty much your your that's that's your go-to is that your favorite for pc i mean for pc really i just you know right now i'm going player by player and then picking the card i want for them um i'm you know for baseball well i mean vintage stuff you obviously obviously can't go patch autos i would say for a lot of young guys that i'm prospecting on i'm really looking at contenders autos those are good deals mm -hmm. um for pc let me think i i would say in general 
for PC, I do like patches. It doesn't necessarily have to be a patch auto. I actually prefer a patch to an auto, mm-hmm. um, but I do like both. It yeah. just depends. It depends because uh, yeah, a lot of the guys right now, especially that I'm trying to PC, they're guys who played in the 50s and 60s, and so I, you know, there's a limited supply of cards that I can really pick from. Going the vintage route, huh? Yeah, exactly. Well, and even a lot of them, you know, I'm putting together game used jerseys of them or autograph cards of them from the early 2000s. And yeah. for some of those guys, they just don't have a card with both, you know, or yeah. they only have one option. Oh, that and, was like that Lily card you got too, right? Was yeah, uh, yeah. What set was that one from? That's National Treasures. I don't have that one on me, but uh, yeah, that was National Treasures. But then, like, I picked this one up, you know, Kobe, LeBron, and McGrady jersey. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like. I like Jersey. I've always liked Jersey's cards to me. You know, they always like, to me, they were always a little bit more special because it's play, you know, or, you know, game used on the court, yeah. on the field, whatever. But I do have to say, I'm be, I find myself becoming very attracted to nice auto cards. Mm-hmm. Um, a good, clean auto. I'm a fan of sticker or not. I'm not as picky about that, but I'm becoming a pretty big fan of a nice autograph. no, no, just write your initials, you know, a nice autograph on the card. The card was well-designed. It gave them a nice white space to sign on the card, you know, stuff like that. I'm becoming yeah. a pretty big fan of that stuff. Yeah. Have you seen that? There's like a little video reel of, um, uh, oh, who's the, why is his name escaping my mind? Uh, Conor McGregor, right? UFC. Sure. And he's yeah. signing a bunch of posters. Have you seen this? Uh-uh. And it's just like they were, uh, the guys were just kind of handing it, like they would just kind of pass a poster and he would have his little penny and just go, and this, yeah, like, just really like this. And then, and I'm just like, ah, oh. just uh, makes me shake my head. But that was always my reasoning on auto cards, like why I prefer patch cards. Cause I'm like, okay, I understood, like he stood there and like signed it or whatever, but who cares? But yeah. when you had a nice, especially when you have a nice patch, I'm like, that was used in a game you know, on the field, like to me, there's just a lot more behind that patch than there is that autograph. But I'm, I guess I'm starting to really um, appreciate w- a well-designed card with a, a good looking autograph. Yeah. I mean, and, and speaking of game use, I mean, that just, I just can't understand. It, it might just be me. There, there could be people that are f- uh, fans of the actual product line or whatever, but this whole like, you know, it was then it was player worn. Okay, fine. Right. Maybe a photo shoot card or whatever. And then now, uh, was it this last most recent? Is it national treasures, right? In basketball where it's like not used this, in any specific event. It might not even be from the guy. It yeah, might not be. Maybe crazy. we bought it at Dick's Sporting Goods and, you know, whatever, you know. In the, in the early days of Jersey cards, you had two types of cards. You had veteran players, which were game used, and you had rookies, which would say event worn because it was yeah. the rookie premiere shoot for football. Uh, right. It was the rookie premiere shoot. And that was okay. And in the 2000s, I mean, those were actually sought over, even though they weren't worn in games because it was still a rookie patch and the patch was a big deal. Um, but now they've continued. I, I noticed it with top starting around the, the mid to late 2000s. Top starts to say player worn. Now on the front, they may stamp uh, stamp it game used, mm. but they start to use that language player worn. Yeah, uh, and now what you see is cards don't even stamp game used on anywhere; they just say player worn. I know what was, uh, you know, at least in the early two thousands. Uh, now I think about it with some of the top stuff, they would holograms and things, and you could, um, it, you could like look it up and see, oh, this was from such and such game, such and such day. I just kind of feel like the card companies are getting pretty, they've gotten progressively lazier. Like, Oh, what's, what else can, you know, can we get away with? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What else, what other trash can we put in the box? I'm actually pretty optimistic that with fanatics, we're going to get more detailed descriptions about jerseys and stuff since they're signed with the unions and stuff like that. Because, you know, I think Panini and tops and them when they buy a Jersey, they have to buy it from an auction house, I think. But I think that, if fanatics, you know, they've got the deals with the union. I think they can probably just get some jerseys, you know, through that deal. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's speculation on my part, obviously. But I, and with fanatics being a jersey dealer, I'm really hoping that they really emphasize it, but, but emphasize it in a good way. Like they, they put out premium good jersey products versus like the crap now. I mean, when you pull a jersey card, especially out of anything retail, it's just trash. You can just throw it away. It doesn't yeah. matter who it is, rookie year right. or not. It's just trash. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll just see how the market or just how people, if they wisen up or, you know, if they change their habits, you know, for example, um, I was never, even in the last 
six months, I wasn't, I wouldn't go out retail hunting or anything like that. Cause I just, the lines and all that stuff at Target, yeah. I just, I was not, that wasn't for me. Um, but you know, when I've gone recently just to go to the store to get stuff, I've actually started to notice things on the shelves, um, at mm-hmm. Target and at okay, Walmart. Okay. And, um, it, whereas every time we would pass through there, I would just be like, Oh, let me go see let's go see how crazy the card section is. And, you know, yeah. it always be empty. Right. And just shit everywhere or whatever. But, um, at least in Vegas, I can, uh, there's, there's, uh, more inventory that's sitting around. I don't know if that's the same thing in your area, but at least yeah, it's, 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 it's really not but, one of two things, either that they're pumping out even more retail or people aren't just, they're just not buying it up anymore. Yeah. I don't really know. I know in my area, like, it's just not like, it's just not, <laughs> But I mean, super, super dense populated areas, because I know I've seen on Twitter a lot of people talking about finding a lot more retail out in the wild, you know, so hey, yeah. that's awesome. You know, I mean, good for people. I do assume it's just more production, but who knows? Yeah. And do y'all have you got some good shops in Vegas, don't you? Do you ever go? Uh, so there are a handful of hobby shops. There's one that's uh, on my side of town called Legacy, Legacy Sports Cards. Um, sure. uh, I go there. Uh, I would say once every four to six weeks lately. Um, they were my go-to for uh, you know, certain you know hobby boxes back when they were more affordable. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they uh, they also have some events where um, let's see if I can find it. This is actually pretty cool. They had um, oh, shoot, I don't know where it is. But uh, they had a JSA come out and I had some autograph uh, baseballs that I had collected. And I just said, you know, uh, they were for me. But if I wanted to like pass them down anytime or just or if I wanted to sell one off or whatever, um, it would be more desirable if it was authenticated, even though yeah. um, either it was me that actually got the auto or uh, if it was just acquired from somebody that I trusted. But um, yeah, so I got some some. Uh, I had an you know an Albert Pujols and a Hershiser. Um, yeah, yeah, I got a Hershiser Gold Glove baseball somewhere. At, you know, one of those Gold Glove award balls. Yeah. So um, I went and took those down. Um, and then of course, if I'm there, I'm not just going to walk in and walk out. I'll shop around. You know, so mm-hmm. um, they moved to a bigger location, uh, so they have a lot of room. They got some uh, uh, you know trading tables. Um, yeah. and dollar boxes and stuff. And I know they do trade nights and I haven't gone to one, but um, I know that they're pretty successful. So uh, there's definitely an active community here. Yeah. After the Dallas show, man, I think I was thinking about it, the whole drive home. I'm like, I got to reach out to these shops and see if we can put on a trade night. Cause it's just ridiculous that we don't have a trade night right now in Houston. I mean, in Houston, man, it's, it's so rough. I don't understand. We got so many people. We should be able to put on a trade night with 50 people. I don't, I don't get it. Are you, are you in the Northwest side? No, I'm on the southeast side, complete opposite. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I want to say that there was one. In, there's a big shop in Katy, isn't there? Oh, I don't know about Katy. I'm sure there is. I mean, okay. I, I know about six shops. I've been to four of them, and I'm just not a fan of any of them in Houston. I used to say one was good, but I went there again. I hadn't been there since 2012. It was good in 2012. I tell you now, it's not. Yeah. It's too many of these shops. You know, they make all their money from the fact that they have deals with distributors and they can sell, you know, they can sell a hobby and, at, at, and they get great prices on it. And it's just, where else are you going to go? You know, it's the only game in town, but yeah. they let their shop go to hell. You know, all of them, it's overrun with crap. And I literally mean that. I mean, like you can't walk in these shops. They have no selection of singles. All they have is sealed wax that they just bought for 50% of the price. They're going to charge you. Right. So, or you know price retail too. Right. Yeah. I'm not giving you any money. Screw off. Yeah. yeah, I don't like seeing that when I, I've been to a few shops um, in Austin, actually, where it was the same deal. You know, I've got family in Austin. So uh, you, know, you walk in and you see, you know, blaster boxes that are easily double what you could have got. But you get them for the, right. you know, if you catch catch the guy at Walmart. <laughs> I only know of two shops in Austin. One of them is on the north side. And I was not a fan of that shop. I went once. I never went again. But the other one's on the south side called Kenny's Collectibles. And that shop is awesome. So like that's Kenny's the one that's guy. near the airport. Um, yeah. Kenny's, Kenny's Collectibles. collectibles. Yeah. Um, they don't have, they, yeah, I went in there and they, I was looking for hockey, a specific hockey product last summer. 
And the guy was like, oh, I don't really know anything. Yeah. <laughs> we don't carry on. Yeah. But Kenny's, I mean, Kenny's is a good shop. Yeah. He's been on it for a long time. And he puts on a show once a month, you know, kind of like a trade night kind of thing, I guess, you know, because it's a show, but, and it's it. free and it gives out free packs. And like that to me, good LCS. He had a good selection of cards that people care about in the area. Sorry, no hockey, but yeah, you know, no, it's yeah. Like but uh, Austin got a hockey team, didn't they? They did, right? Am yeah, I right? They, so they have the Texas Stars. That's uh, they play in Cedar Park. Um, yeah. So that's the minor league affiliate of uh, Dallas Stars. So yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you, Dakota, were you thinking that uh, Deshaun Watson might get traded? Well, the reports a week ago were that it was, and now the reports coming out. Well, I mean, I had read this thirty six hours. You know, right as we were recording this, we're five hours past the deadline. I read right. this about thirty six hours ago that. Um, essentially, you know, Miami's owner kept pushing saying, we're only going to get this done if you settle the suits. And then the Texans brass got wind that Deshaun is about to settle the suits. And so they, they basically said, okay, we're not going to do it for what we were asking for three hours ago, because we understand he's going to sell these suits, which makes him much more, uh, you know, valuable because he's going to play and not get suspended. And so the Texans up, uh, what they wanted for Deshaun. And that, so if, that they're gonna, if he's going to sell the suits, does that mean, is he going to be on the field? Well, Same. don't forget. So I got super lucky that Deshaun Watson hates the Texans in whatever, but because I sold all his cards about a, a week before all this civil suit stuff came out because he doesn't want to play for the Texans. So mm-hmm. whether he settles these today, tomorrow, six months, it doesn't matter. He's not going to play for the Texans again because he doesn't want to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that's irrelevant. It's just that they could trade him right now for maybe three first. Okay. Right. Or all these suits are settled. Okay. We'll trade them in March for three first, two seconds and a player. Got it. Yeah. So just depending on how this, yeah, his, his stock is rising then, I guess. Exactly. And right. you know, from the Texans perspective, it's a wash of a year. So what do I care that I'm paying this guy to sit on the bench? You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot of money just hanging out <laughs> i was really surprised how quiet the deadline was only von miller gets traded really of note yeah you know um and it's a great trade i, I like it for both directions um and i mean really there's no other i mean melvin, yeah, i think the melvin chiefs ingram, picked up a minor melvin ingram yeah minor addition though but yeah nothing crazy yeah i mean the texans i mean literally half the rosters the texans roster was was rumored in trades and nothing came to fruition i'm kind of surprised yeah which yeah, I mean, obviously they have a bad roster, but they have some good players here and there, and a lot of them are on one-year deals. So I'm really surprised not more teams, you know, kick tires and and took you know offers or whatever. But yeah. Real. Well, one of the last things I want to say because uh, I just have to put it out there um, is how about the Cowboys? <laughs> hey, actually, right now in my mailbox, I need to go get it. I have a $230 Dak Prescott rookie auto. I just picked nice. Up. Yeah, I mean, I just got to say, because uh, when, when when we won Super Bowl last, I was in sixth grade. And ever since then, a game like yesterday, or uh, uh, just this last weekend. Two days ago. Yeah, yeah su- Sunday. we Sunday night. We would have lost that game every single year until this year. That was a game that the Cowboys would always lose. Yep. Um, so it was, it, you know, and being used to just – you know, I'm not like a, a over the top, you know, cowboy, you know, cowboys for life. I'm, you know, because I've just learned to shut my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Over the last, you know, 20 years. Um, so it's, it's, it's just used to the disappointment and something always, some bullshit always happening where, you know, whether it's the nonsense off the field or it could be the injury bug or the coach this and that or the owner getting in the way um it's it's i don't know i'm starting to actually think that this might be a, a big year I'm, for us man i'm telling you i was thinking about this today I, I picked up that dak prescott last week it's in the mailbox right now and i was thinking about it today i was like that win on sunday night against the vikings makes me want to buy more dak even though he didn't play Right. Because what that win showed me was this team can play. This yeah. is a good team. And what what the reason I bought the Dak was because I was watching Dak and I'm like, this guy's legit. Uh, everyone, you know, hate Dak, whatever. I don't know. They hate the Cowboys. I don't know. But Dak Prescott to me is a top seven, eight quarterback, which may not sound great, but there's just so many dang quarterbacks in the league right now. So good. I mean, you know, Josh Allen, Rodgers, Brady. 
you know, Dak's not quite in that top four class, but he's in that that second tier, you know, maybe top eight. And yep. that defense is playing so good. The offense is so talented. C.D. Lamb, you're going to have Michael Gallup by the end of the year. Amari Cooper. Yep. Zeke is looking amazing. My goodness. Zeke looks Tony like uh, his old self. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, that team is so good. And I mean, I think I've said it for three weeks now. I think I've said that the Cowboys are the most underrated team in football. Like yeah, they I, I look agree. so good. It's I crazy. Agree. I mean, and and if if it weren't for that injury uh, last, you know, to with Dak with his ankle, I think people would probably have a. There's just a period of time that people were just speaking. Oh well, he's you know he's going down. Um, now we're seeing him play to his potential. I think, and people are really getting an opportunity to see. This is how he'll perform with a solid O-line around him, get some pieces around him, and then a defense. <laughs> yeah, defenses. So, so yeah, I think uh, as, as long as people stay healthy, um, you know, I think we got a good shot. Is there anybody in the NFL you enjoy buying? You said that's third on your list, but. Uh... Um, so I. I don't get it. I don't get involved with football to to flip because I, I still there's only so many hours in the day that I can pay attention to, to, you know, uh, markets and things like that. So I watch football. It's, I haven't looked at the market, so I would be in it for PC. Yeah. Um, so for me, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, those are the three guys that, you know, I watched religiously and pretended that I was Troy Aikman. I was throwing the football in the front yard with my next door neighbor and stuff like that. So um, and Deion Sanders, uh, prime time. Oh yeah. But, prime time sitting on yeah. my desk all the time right there, man. That's one of my favorite cards. Oh, that's cool. I, I would say I don't have, um, I don't have any notable cards, uh, football, but I do have one of it's, it's at my brother's and it's in a yellow ass top loader. Cause it's <laughs> the same top loader I had when I was a kid, but it's the Dion. Uh, it's an upper deck baseball cards. Oh Deion. yeah. Yeah. The star rookie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. With the Jerry curls and stuff um so yeah that card is sweet yeah I, when i was at his place most recent like a couple months ago like, oh yeah i'm gonna look at this and see if maybe it's uh gradable and i'm like nah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um some yeah. of those are fun man grading them back the ones you got in your childhood actually that's a lot of what's sitting on my desk is that stuff but i just got lucky a lot of that stuff graded real well so yeah that's but, cool oh and last thing by the way uh I'm a, I'm a PSA guy. I'm not going to say I'm a PSA fanboy. I don't hate other grading companies, but I did make it a point over the last year at the time to test as many grading companies as I could. And it's in. Um, Rank them for us. Give me, give me worse to first. Okay. So worst was GMA. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. So what's funny about that is I did a 10 card submission to gma back in january of cheap cheap mosaic inserts and i sold every single one for 50 bucks and uh yeah what are you calling the worst for sounds good to me well you yeah. three dollars to grade them i mean that's right <laughs> um i just wanted to see like what is this one all about i'm sure it was it's terrible but uh anyways uh the slabs are crap and the card wiggles around and it just oh, just like psa <laughs> <laughs> so yeah gma was the worst uh sgc i just don't like their slabs i just that's just me i don't like the talks i know there's some it right cards here guys y'all have a good evening <laughs> there's some cards that don't look good in the tux and there's some that do I, you know i will say aesthetically there are some cards that do look good in the tux yeah but i know some of the you know, some of these they just look great. You know, the white and the black, it just right. looks good, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So but if I you're talking it. about like a sparkly, you know, red shimmer or whatever, I don't know. Mo super modern, ultra modern cards do not look good in tuxes to me. It's just Right. I agree. Um, so, and, the, and here's the thing. I will say that even though I don't like SGC's slabs, they're, I mean, they're spot on with grading. You know, I didn't get, I was not surprised at all. There were some cards that I was hoping for a 10 on. And I would be fine with a 9.5. I'm like, oh, they're probably going to 9.5 it. And sure enough, you know. Yep. Um, so uh, SGC was good on, uh, but, you know, at the time when I submitted, they were still recovering from their fumble from last year, right? You know, with saying, send us all your cards, right? Yeah. So um, 
HGA, I submitted with also. So are you ranking HGA ahead of SGC? No, no. All right. No, no, no. So let me rank it again. GMA, HGA, SGC, PSA. Okay. All right. Now let's talk about HGA. Tell us your experience with HGA. Yeah. So there, when I submitted to HGA, I did it because I was, there were cards that I thought they were going to grade high and they did. They all, I mean, they all, all three of them were 9.5s. There were cards that uh, within three months of me having submitted them, like if we go back three months, they were uh, pretty high value cards, I guess. And I thought yeah. that I'd be able to sell them at a profit and flip them, right? Mm -hmm. um, sell two, keep one, because there were two dupes. Um, and one of them was just a John Morant mosaic variation. And just people don't like them. I don't know. I, I, they're, they're, they're for PC. I, I would say they were for PC. So I would say not to go HGA if you're thinking that you're going to grade and sell. That's just, at least right now, I still I still don't see it. You know, yeah. Um, but I wanted to try them out because then it was like I said, it was part of the experiment. That's why I sent three. Yep. Um, you know, the process was pretty straightforward. Um, I can't complain about the turnaround time when I'm saying that PSA is my favorite. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, PSA didn't put you in a queue system either. So, yeah. Well, by the way, with the queue, I, and I remember when I submitted, it was. It was right after, I think you did a, done a video or live or something where you were waiting in the queue. Oh, yeah. I used to do so early like on a, channel days. Every Friday, we sat in the queue. Right. Know, so this was late July yeah. or late June, early July, I think, of this summer. And I actually well, I was watching your video and I was like, yeah, I've been meaning to submit to HGA. Let me go ahead. I'll do that next week. So anyway, I go and like that's the very first one that the queue didn't max out, you know, where they didn't yeah. sell all their, or you know get all the spots and then they eventually just took it away i think because either yeah they limit how many they take per week right now i think i think they take nine thousand a week but it's not like okay log in at seven to line up you know it's just like they they have a counter you know and right because earlier on it was like they were the queue was full like uh you know all the spots were taken oh away. yeah it was insane i mean we yeah. were estimating i mean like you know twelve thousand people trying to get into two thousand spots or something or, you know less than i mean it was crazy so yeah yeah so, I mean, I've got, I'm waiting. I, I'm still optimistic that PSA will open up a, an affordable price point at some point. You know, um, I'm interested to see what Nat Turner will do with, uh, you know, if they're going to have a special price for people that are wanting to complete a set or just, what. you know, I don't have any expectations, but I'm hopeful. But like many other people, I've got, I mean, I've got, this is just a little bit of it. I mean, I've got tons tons that um i would say i'm either going to keep raw or i'm going to submit to psa if there's an affordable option i just don't see how like i know turner said that i just don't see how it's possible like if psa is the premium grader what business is the premium you know in, in what business and in what industry is the premium business also providing the cheapest business it just doesn't make sense to me yeah but you know i go back to what were what were they uh, expanding all this space for and hiring all these employees if they were just going to use it to get to the backlog and then lay them off? But you if you're going to be the premium grader, why would you devalue your product and go to a, like a value price? Like you can still be premium and, and hold a lot of volume, but I don't see why you would do value at that point. Unless it, or let me say that a different way. I don't see why you would offer the same service for value. And I don't even mean turnaround times. I mean, same slab. I don't know why you would offer the same slab. You know, the slab's worth so much money. I don't know why you offer the same slab at a value price. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a brand. That's, that's what, that's what they, you're selling the brand, right? Um, exactly. So I why mean, keeping it? I mean, that's what, kind of my point. I mean, I don't know. I'll be interested to see. I know he said that he wants to open up some lanes for collectors. Right. But then I'm like, how do you verify that? You know, because you have a set registry. But here's the thing, Dakota, if they were, I mean, do you think that they were profitable at $8 a card? At eight, I mean, they must have been profitable because they were operating right. for 25 years. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Right. So, I mean, think about, I mean, even when, and then the majority of that queue came from probably like the $15 bulk submission level. Right. Because when they raised the price from eight to 15 for bulk, then everybody like lost their minds and sent them every single card under their bed because 
they're like, oh, well, I better get in now before they raise it again. Yeah. And even then that consumer attitude was, yeah, I'll still pay if they, re- they raise it up to 20 or 25. You know, I talked to some people that were, oh, I would have been willing to spend 60, $70, right? Um, you know, for regular or yeah, regular. Regular, yeah, or value, whatever, I don't know. Right. Um, so I still think that there's a lot of people that, um, you know, like myself that have a, a mountain of cards <laughs> that they'd be willing to send, um, you know, at a price that's reasonable. And, and when that happens, I think a lot of the people uh, that have been sending to, you know, SGC. Uh, yeah. SGC and even some of the other ones, you know, HGA. Yeah. Uh, will come back. Well, to me, I mean, this is my whole point. If you know SGC's turn around in a month for 30 bucks, HGA's turn around in a month for 40 bucks. If I'm PSA, why don't I just say month is 60 bucks? Who's not going to send it to PSA at that point? That's yeah. my whole argument for why would PSA drop prices at 20 bucks? But to kill SGC, it's not going to work, you know? Well, and also it depends too on what your intentions with the cards are that you're submitting, right? So, I mean, if you're in it for, if you want to add it to your PC, you're going to send to wherever you're comfortable with sending it to, right? Your preferred slab, most likely, yeah. Right. And some people are saying, oh, well, you know, I want to do something custom, so I'll send it to HGA, whatever. Some people like the tux. Okay, cool. Some people are like, well, you know, yes, PSA does have the highest resell, but I just want my card to be in PSA. You know, I get that's a thing too, um, but you know, if, of the people that are just in it to flip, they're, they're gonna they're also gonna want to go with where you know. There's a lot of people that a lot of flippers are sending to SGC. Are they not? I don't know if if let's just say PSA sixty bucks and SGC is thirty bucks, and we're seeing similar turnaround times. Similar, maybe not exact, but similar. I don't know that there's a single card that a person would try to flip that they would not send to PSA in that example. Right. Because, I mean, if you're spending $30 to grade and then you've got money into the card, I mean, the card at a minimum has to be worth like 100 bucks. Right. Okay. Well, a $100 card, you know, in an SGC case is probably worth 150 or something in a PSA case. I mean, it's but, a what if it, but here's the thing, Dakota. What if it nines? And I'm not talking uh, SGC 95, I'm talking about SGC 9. To me, SGC 9 is kind of like, you're screwed, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. So exactly. I'm saying, like, if if PSA opened it, if they if they said our bottom price is sixty bucks, yeah. not one flipper would send to SGC again. Right. Yeah, I mean, because a nine on PSA, you'll you you can still sell it if you want, you know, um, and you do okay. I, I wouldn't, depending on the card, I wouldn't say they would. You might break even. You might not break even. You might make a little too. Depends. Well, I mean, if going into it knowing you got sixty dollars of fees. You know, you, you kind of have, there's kind of like this floor of in a nine, this has to be worth a hundred bucks. Right. Exactly. If you, got, if you got 30 bucks into an SGC card and you get, you have to know in a nine, it's got to be worth about 50 to 60 bucks. But the thing is a 50 to $60 nine SGC is a hundred dollar nine in PSA. And right. that's my whole point is then why would any flipper ever send to PSA or SGC if PSA was charging $60? And that's right. why I'm saying PSA has no reason to charge $30 a card. Because people will send them blindly $60 a card. Yeah. Well, then they would have to figure out what they're going to do with all the employees and extra space. So, I mean, people, we'll, the, the volume would be filled. I'm just, you know, we're just, we sit here, talk, we talk through this in economics that yeah. every flipper would send the PSA at 60 bucks a card. And so, I mean, they can still use that extra space, you know? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, so, I, yeah. You know, but here's the thing though, uh, with how many, I know there's flippers left. There's a lot less. There's a lot fewer flippers around than there were previously. I mean, can we agree on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I said flippers yeah. dead, so yeah. So I just, I don't know. Uh, I I definitely feel like there's changes and also waves and stuff. I mean, like my, my ComC sales, my eBay raw sales, I mean, I'll get a flurry of them for like a week. And then they'll, I, I feel like, I feel like there's still a lot left to be, to the market still figuring out what it's doing. If if PSA comes out to 60 bucks, right? They come out tomorrow at 60 bucks. What you're going to see is a huge influx of people who want a grade to flip. And then that wave's going to die down and it's not begun, it's not going to become a profitable game anymore and then maybe PSA reduces its price because it's right. out of it, right? Yeah. But even that still then 
you know, whatever SGC charges is the floor, PSA can basically just always charge $10 over and just, you know, yeah, run away with take it. it. Yeah. You know, they could also crack it down and say, we're going to go to $20 a card and just try to kill SGC. But I mean, I don't, I don't really know that that's, you know, good for them either. You know, a little bit of competition on the bottom. I mean, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to see. I was thinking that definitely by now in November, we'd, we'd uh, have something open. Uh, but, I thought yeah, they everybody might let, reopen everybody regular. Get away with it, man. Yeah, we'll see. They said they were going to bring everything back in a tiered approach by June first, and then June first, or maybe it may not have been June first, but they gave a date like that. Then that date came and went, and they said just like we said, we're going to bring everything back in a tiered approach starting on June first. No, no, yeah. no, no, that's not what you said. <laughs> you said the opposite. You jokers, no one caught you. All yeah. right, Elliot, thanks so much for coming on. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we we call this? uh no i mean i just i appreciate you ha uh having me on I appreciate your time uh it was good chatting with you and and um keep doing what you're doing and uh i would just say to everybody again stick with number one oh there's stick with what you know and stick within a budget um and then have fun with the rest you know i like that i, I can get behind that so. yeah all right, brother. Thanks so much for coming on. It was a pleasure, you know, getting to meet you virtually and uh, yeah. get to chat for this last hour, man. Yeah, you bet, Dakota. Take care. All right. Cheers, Elliot. Cheers, everybody else. All right. Thanks.